Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shishasamsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Vejagatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Jasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own beingness, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha. All in. The FAA, the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, is canceling their astronaut wings program. They have announced that too many people are launching into space these days. So as of January 1st, they're going to stop giving out pins with astronaut wings on them. The good news is that they're giving wings to William Shatner a.k.a. Captain James T. Kirk of the Star Trek Enterprise, along with others who have flown on this year's commercial flights into space, acknowledging them as pioneers in a new era of space adventures. Why do people want to go into space? They want to have an experience. 
They want to escape being earthbound. They want to reach for the stars. They want to experience weightlessness, freedom from gravity. It's a feeling of freedom. I'm going to call them yogis who have lost their way. Instead of looking inside, they're looking outside. And they get the experience they seek, but only for three to five minutes. The goal of yoga is for you to live in freedom, a greater freedom, right here on earth, right here in the midst of your life. A yogi finds and rests in their own self. My Baba described it this way. Such a yogi revels in the freedom of supreme bliss. This great bliss becomes perfect self-realization. This is your inner experience when you see that your own self and God are one. There is only one. The one reality, Shiva, is being all, being you, being me, being all and beyond all. When you know your own self as Shiva, you live in supreme freedom and delight in the divine play of your own life. To experience your own Shivaness is not hard. Yourself is not far away from you. You can have this experience today. That's why I'm here to help you access your inherent divinity, your own self. That's what today's meditation is all about, for you to experience that your own self is the one self who is being all while being you. The process is one of settling inward until you come to rest in your own self. Instead, most people prefer to play the edge of this experience, not really diving all the way in. That's where you find the bliss, only partway inside. When you get all the way in, all in, all the way into your own godness, you're beyond your mind and senses. You're beyond the limitations of your identities. You're no longer earthbound. Yet even beyond space, beyond any idea you have of what beyond is, oh Shiva. Instead, most people like to play the edge. They use yoga for this, but also other things. I see this happening in the incredibly high level of alcohol consumption in our society, as well as the drug use, both legal and illegal drugs. It's there in the half-lit yoga rooms, with the teachers encouraging their students to coast the edge of unconsciousness. When I first described Swarupa Yoga as bliss yoga, I didn't realize that people associated bliss with unconsciousness. 
they related Shavasana with our guided awareness to a good nap. But the whole point is to delve more deeply inward, consciously. People do associate unconsciousness with happiness. The other day, I spotted one of our ashram cats snoozing on a couch in a patch of sunlight. And the person chatting with me commented, now there's a happy cat. It was a sleeping cat. Is sleep the same as happiness? Is unconsciousness a pleasure? Is unconsciousness the same as deep meditation? And where's the bliss on this map of unconscious, conscious, and consciousness? In this month's teachings article, I wrote this. While walking on the moon in 1971, astronaut Edgar Mitchell had a numinous experience, an expansive experience, holy, sacred, all-knowing, filled with God. Deeply affected by it, he established the Institute of Noetic Sciences to study noetics to explore the boundary between the mind's knowing and the inner knowing. He was interested in the boundary, the edge. He was not exploring the source of the experience, not interested in accessing the inner knowingness, not interested in living in that exquisite freedom all the time. He wanted to explore the edge of it. Yogis dive. All the way in. All in. The edge is the place between the two. It's the friction that creates bliss. Bliss is a sensation. Whether it is physical, mental, or emotional bliss, it's a sensation that comes from two things rubbing against one another, which is yourself and yourself your small S self, and your capital S self. There are lots of ways to get your small S self to rub up against your capital S self. A beautiful sunrise or sunset. Or looking out over a vast view. Sex. A massage. Yoga, especially a slow-paced yoga like Swarupa Yoga. Some pieces of music can propel you into that edge, that bliss-filled edge. And how about bungee jumping? For some people, that does it. Or free fall, which you can now do as indoor skydiving. A gentler one is paragliding. A few years ago, I decided to try one of the tourist things in the area where I was vacationing, paragliding. I went out on a small boat, and they strapped me into a seat hanging from a parachute. They took the boat out and then reeled out the line, and I lifted up into the sky. The boat kept on going, creating the wind that held me aloft. It was a superb view. 
I could see the expanse of the ocean and across the land, as well as far into the sky, like they say, into the wild blue yonder. As I floated through the air, I kept waiting and wondering, when is it going to happen? But nothing special happened. So I wondered, what is it that people like about this? They kept me up there for a while. Then they began to reel me in, like reeling in a kite. As I touched back down on the boat, I smiled and thanked them for the ride. But I wasn't thrilled. Ecstatic, yes. Expansive, yes. But not any more so than usual. The whole point is to live in that expansive ecstasy all the time, not just when you're hanging from a parachute. I have to tell you, the inner expanse is so much greater than the sky. The inner ecstasy is so much more fulfilling than anything you can get on the outside. In yoga, it's not about being on the edge not about the horizon line between the ocean and the sky, not about the wind blowing through your hair. It's about settling deeper and deeper within. Baba said it this way, we should meditate systematically and with great persistence and go deeper and deeper within the body. Along the way will be many experiences. And these experiences are fine. However, the true state is beyond them. Meditation turns your attention inward. To get there, you repeat the mantra, which we've just chanted, Om Namah Shivaya. The mantra carries you deeper and deeper within. You may feel heat, you may see lights or hear inner sounds, you may get spinal realignments or other movements, how great. You may feel bliss, you're coasting the edge of consciousness when you have these beautiful experiences. And then you go deeper. When you go deeper, there's no sensory landmarks anymore. You deepen into the inner infinity so you can surrender in there. You surrender to your own self. For me, that deepening and surrender is like floating in an extra salty ocean. You just lay back and the water holds you. What is in there deeper than the meditation experiences you've heard so much about? What is in there deeper even than the bliss? The ancient sage Shankaracharya answered this question for us over a thousand years ago. He was a great sage who revitalized yogic teachings when they had been eclipsed by Buddhism for over 1500 years. God was getting lost. It's strange to imagine, for India has been known as a land of spiritual greats 
for thousands and thousands of years, but Buddhism throughout God. Buddhism is the only world's religion without God. Instead, they say that it's all mind. Even the name Buddhism means science of mind. Buddhi is mind and ism is science of. Beyond that, they say there's no God and there's no self. Yoga says the goal is to realize your own self, who is God being you. Very different approaches. Shankaracharya tackled the enormous job of bringing God back to life again. Well, God really was doing fine all along, but the people had given up on him. So Shankara undertook to bring them back to God. He did this by debating with the leading Buddhist teachers of his time. They were the heads of huge ashrams, institutions with 10,000 or 20,000 monks in them in different cities all around India. Shankara began this task when he was only 16, sent by his guru who said, you're ready. So Shankara, a kid of 16, would challenge the ashram head like a university president, a monk of great stature and authority. He would challenge him to a public debate. And if the head of the ashram didn't agree, he'd have to give up his position to the challenger. But the stakes were high. For Shankar won the debate, the ashram head had to become his disciple. And all the monks had to convert to Shankar's teachings, meaning they would find God and self. The debate often lasted days in a public square with everyone in the city attending. They debated subtle philosophical principles throughout the day and night and into the next day and night. Shankara won every time. How? It came down to one line every time. The ashram head would say, it's all mind. Beyond mind, there is nothing. Shankar would say, how do you know that? The ashram head would say, I know because I've experienced it. I've gotten beyond my mind and there, beyond the mind, is nothing. The ultimate is emptiness, nothingness. And Shankar would say, if you experienced the nothingness, then you were in it, so it wasn't empty. It's not nothing. Huh? And all the monks would become disciples of Shankar, who then taught them how to go into the seeming emptiness and find who is there. That is you. Oh, Shiva. Oh, there were some monks who wanted to stay in the mental processes. They liked working the edge, so they left. Buddhism migrated east into other countries. This is why India, the land of Buddha's birth and teaching, 
is not Buddhist. It is Hindu with lots and lots of gods. And it is full of yoga with its focus on self, on your own inherent divinity. In your deeper meditations, you will experience the nothingness that the debate hinged on. It is called shunya, the void. For some yogis, it's a little bit scary, but I always found it deeply comforting, like hanging out on the bottom of the pool until I ran out of breath. I always loved the depths. When I found the void, I wanted to spend more time in there, like cozying up under the covers. Like deep sleep, but not unconscious. The whole point is to become conscious while you are in the void. What happens in the beginning is that you're saying mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, 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 and bloop, you're gone. You don't know that you're gone, but you're deep inside somewhere. You don't know you're there, and you don't know where there is. We call it passing in. You haven't passed out. You've passed in. You're in there deeply absorbed in consciousness, but unconscious of your deep absorption. Passed in. And then, bloop. You bob out. You don't know where you were, but you know it was good. And you want to get back in there, but you don't know how. So here's the secret. You get in there the second time, the same way you got in there the first time. Repeat mantra. Just get the mantra going inside. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. What happens over time, meditation by meditation, is that you become more able to be aware at that deeper level within. You are inside deeply absorbed in the consciousness that you are, but you are not unconscious in consciousness. Then you experience the void and that the void is not empty. It is full of you. Oh, Shiva. How do you speed up this process of becoming conscious in consciousness? (sighs) Two more mantra. I especially love repeating it out loud for this purpose and even using your mala beads to help you stay conscious. Mantra dissolves the inner density that makes you go unconscious. Mantra weaves consciousness through your mind expanding it and refining its capacities. Not only does that make you better at handling the world, it gives you a mind that can explore into the inner realms of your own being. 
With mantra, you are using your mind to get beyond your mind. Your mind's usual activity ties you up in knots. It recites the litany of things that churn you up and make you feel bad. Instead, when you apply your mind to mantra, you're honoring your own divinity. Nama, I honor. Shibaya, my own divine essence. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 Using mantra in meditation, your mind can carry you deeper and deeper within. Yet you reach an inner dimension where your mind cannot go. It's like trying to drive your car to the moon. Your mind is simply not built for the exalted and expanded explorations of the deepest levels of your own beingness. Thus, people want to stay on the edge. Like standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and looking into the vastness, and you can't turn away. That's why they put up the metal poles. The view is mesmerizing. It's captivating, even compelling. Because you recognize that expanse somehow. You can feel that it's there, just inside. At the edge of the Grand Canyon, do stay on the edge. But in meditation, you can dive deeper, all in. Mantra will carry you there safely, deeply, consciously. Deliciously. You go within to find the bliss. And then you go deeper within, beyond the bliss, all the way to self. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 This inner experience is full of knowingness. It's a mystical knowing, your own self, knowing your own self. Your mind is affected by it, like the cat lying in the sun is affected by the sun. But the cat doesn't understand what the sun is. In the same way, your mind cannot understand what your own self is, yet your mind can shine with the light of your own self. Like the sun shines through a window pane, your mind becomes radiant, a means by which consciousness shines into the world. A divine mind filled with the fullness that arises within. All of this opens up to you once you receive Shaktipat. This is the essential step, the awakening of your own inner energy of consciousness. Empowering your own self to arise within you. This is described in the Shiva Sutras. Verse 1.5 says, Udyamo Bhairava. The upwelling of consciousness within 
shatters your limitations and sets you free. This upwelling is the gift of the masters, the blessing poured through the generations of masters in this lineage. I received this gift of self from my Baba, who got it from his Baba, who got it from his Baba. This gift of the self, the inner awakening that Shaktipat provides, is what gives you access to the deepest dimensions within. Yet, you are still the one who must embark on the inner exploration. You are the adventurer exploring inner space, not outer space. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah.